0: and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Janet Huber in The Case of the Pungents in Peril. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbor Culture.
1: I was taking a break in my favorite juice bar, nursing a mango smoothie, munching on a bowl of sour cream and onion flavored veggie chips as I carefully documented my weekly inspection results for a tree preservation project. Blustery winds remained the norm after an unusually heavy summer rainfall had finally given way to a week of sun-filled autumn days. The wind whining outside the window next to me complemented the edgy jazz fusion drifting from the overhead speakers. With a whoosh, the cafe door opened and coated my young apprentice blew in looking like a 10-year-old who had taken a playground detour on his way home from school. His short hair stood up in wild tufts all over his head, his cheeks held a pinkish outdoor glow, and a dog-eared soil science textbook hung precariously from his backpack, which he shrugged off his shoulders as he walked to my table. Man, I just got back from a field trip with a soil science class to Maple Park to study soil compaction, and I feel like I've been in a wind tunnel, he exclaimed. You know, it's strange, but even after all the rain we've had over the summer, some of the trees out there look like they could definitely use some water. I'm thinking that soil compaction from foot traffic must be a major problem for those park trees. It could be that the compacted soils reduced aeration and water movement within the tree's root zones and limited their moisture uptake. Well it. I began. It sounds like you are successfully assimilating your soil science syllabus. Actually, it's quite a coincidence that you remarked on the trees in Maple Park. I had a call today from city arborist Ashley Green, who asked us to meet her at the park tomorrow afternoon to look at some trees she is concerned about. My apprentice was as jubilant as ever. Great! Then I can explain my compaction theory to her. I'll invite Rodrigo Robledo, mi amigo from Chile, to come along. He's doing his graduate research on trees and soil, and you'll remember what a big help he was in the case of the charismatic carrier. I think he'd be interested in checking out the troubled trees at Maple Park, too. The next day, the wind continued its relentless gusting as Codit Rodrigo and I drove to the park at the edge of town. The city had incorporated the property at some point a few decades ago and used it later to develop Maple Park, naming it for the prevalence of red maples, Acer rubrum, on the site. We arrived to find Ashley Green frowning up at a stand of young blue spruce, Picea pungens. A few years earlier, the city officials had requested a planned arrangement of blue spruce and Scots pines, Pinus sylvestris, as a staging area for the holiday tree lighting ceremony and festival. The blue spruce stood in a large semicircle in the middle of the park and had thrived for several years, complemented by intermittent Scots pines that Ashley had vigilantly nurtured into healthy specimens. Now, however, both species were showing symptoms of stress, and it was obviously perplexing the city arborist.
0: Hello, Detective Dendro. Hi, Codid.
1: Ashley greeted us rather distractedly as she peered up at the trees, engrossed in her thoughts. Hmm.
0: If I didn't know better, I'd say these trees were showing signs of water deficit. But their water needs are routinely monitored and supplied. We've already...
1: Ashley turned and stopped mid-sentence as she looked directly into Rodrigo's warm, smiling eyes. She unconsciously lifted a hand to smooth back the strands of hair that had escaped her ponytail, cocked an eyebrow, and then smiled intriguingly as she said,
0: Well, hello. I'm sorry, but I don't think we've met.
1: No, I definitely would have remembered, Rodrigo replied, holding her eyes as introductions were made, as he cordially expressed his pleasure in meeting the city arborist. Ashley delicately cleared her throat before continuing.
0: We've already surpassed our seasonal rainfall average, and we've consistently used a tensiometer to monitor water availability in the soil during drier periods. So drought stress would not be a factor here. Kode, what would you do next?
1: Codit spoke up eagerly. Well, a thorough visual inspection of the entire strand of blue spruce and Scott's pines is important, we'll check the trunk, bark, stems, needles, fruit, and trunk flare for abnormalities, and look for signs of pest infestation. As Rodrigo and Codit moved toward the trees to begin, the Chilean arborist threw a disarming grin over his shoulder as they walked away. I knew that his grin wasn't meant for me, so after a mental hmm, I turned back to Ashley and resumed the discussion. Well, I can see that needles on both of these species are turning brown and some abscission is occurring. Definitely symptoms of stress. But we know that wilt and leaf drop can have many possible causal agents. Take this unusually strong wind, for example. Wind alone can cause water deficits and can boost overall water loss in plants by 30%.
0: I've taken this wind into consideration, Dendro,
1: Ashley said.
0: But I've also taken a close look at the well-established tree species in this park. The red maples, white pines, or Pinus strobus) and peen oaks, Quercus palustris. None of them are showing similar symptoms. They all look healthy.
1: As they returned, Rodrigo and Coded agreed that something was causing stress symptoms in only the blue spruce and Scott's pines, but could find no other clues above ground. Rodrigo added... It looks like we'll need to check the roots and soil and see what they tell us.
0: Thanks, Rodrigo. Good call. And please, call me Ashley.
1: Codit piped in. My soil science professor, Dr. Horizonopolis, likes to say that the soil holds many secrets. So, Miss Green, may I call you Ashley, too? Uh, Codit, why don't you go get the tools, I interjected. Codit shot me a bewildered look and headed toward our vehicles. Rodrigo followed, clearly amused as Ashley Green bit her lip to keep the laughter in her eyes from erupting. We went to work, first using an air excavator to expose the roots without damaging them. I was relieved to see that the soil did not show signs of serious compaction. The four of us then spread out using spades to get a closer look at individual root systems. As I carefully dug below the surface within the root zone of a blue spruce, I noticed that the soil surrounding the roots had a strange, bluish-gray cast, and the roots themselves had a bluish appearance, which had no significance to their common name. The roots also appeared to be completely water-saturated, even though all gravitational water had drained, leaving the surrounding soil only damp. This was puzzling, so I decided to check the roots on some of the other trees that Ashley had identified. They all shared a similar condition. Rodrigo was working nearby and reported that the root systems on the blue spruce and scott's pines he had checked were uncharacteristically shallow, with very few roots growing below the upper few inches of the soil. Important observation, Rodrigo. Thanks. I signaled Ashley Green and Coded to join us. The shallow root system and abnormal appearance of the roots indicate we have an anaerobic soil condition, but it appears to be causing stress in only two tree species this is a mystery nothing in the immediate vicinity of these trees provides any clues as to why this has occurred so there must be some other element involved i believe we'll have to broaden this investigation ah so dr horizonopolis was right this soil does have a secret coded observed Ashley Green rubbed her worried brow.
0: Let's do a walking inspection of the entire park, and look for anything unusual, especially at the ground level. There are no sewer lines running through the park, but these tree roots remind me of a situation a couple of years ago when several street trees were affected by a slow methane gas leak from a sewer line in the public right-of-way.
1: As we walked the park site, we noticed several low areas where the soil had seemed to settle below the normal grade. In these areas, the soil structure seemed less firm, and Rodrigo pointed out several small cracks threading through the still damp soil. I suspiciously observed these low spots, trying to formulate a reason for their being present. Actually, I started, I'm trying to remember the history of this property before it became a city park. Do you have any records on that?
0: Actually, I do, and I don't like what I'm thinking.
1: Ashley explained that thirty years ago the park had been an abandoned field on the outskirts of town, used as an unofficial landfill where people dumped unwanted items and trash. Due to environmental concerns, the city had taken ownership of the field, outlawed further dumping, cleaned up, and capped the landfill according to regulation. Ten years later the site was tested, no landfill gas leaks were detected, and Maple Park was created. Zoinks! Coded exclaimed. Does this mean the park may be contaminated now? Now don't jump to wild conclusions, Coded, I warned. It's always best not to overreact before the facts are in hand. I'm going to recommend to the city that the site testing be performed immediately to determine the extent of any landfill gas leakage. If there actually is a leak, then hopefully the source can be found and the leak can be abated without any additional adverse effects. I explained that most landfill gas leaks largely contain methane and carbon dioxide, which can replace the oxygen in the soil and cause anaerobic conditions for plants. Trees that are especially sensitive to these conditions are the first to show symptoms and are likely to die if the situation cannot be corrected. Red maples are highly tolerant of landfill gas, as were several other established tree species present in the park, which would explain why they weren't showing any symptoms. The recent forceful winds had very likely accelerated water loss through the foliage in the stressed trees, which may actually have helped in alerting us to the underlying problem. If the source of a landfill gas leak can be identified and stopped before greater damage occurs, remediation of affected trees is possible with careful monitoring of root zone moisture levels.
0: Thank you so much, Detective Dendro.
1: Ashley Green said as we walked to our cars.
0: I had hoped for an easier fix, but maybe we're actually quite lucky. Those stressed trees helped us identify a problem that has the potential to become a more serious hazard if left undetected. We'll proceed from this point with proper action and make every attempt to save our trees.
1: Rodrigo fell into step beside Ashley and said, You know, I would be very interested in incorporating the city's findings and any follow-up mitigation into my research project. Perhaps we could talk over a cup of coffee.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD8441 to complete the quiz. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbiculture.